Well, good morning. Great to have you with us this morning as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. My name is Doug Rutt, and I get to be the teaching pastor here at the chapel. Uh, excited to share this day with you. We celebrate this core of our faith that 1 Corinthians 15 says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried because he was really dead, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that is Peter, then to 12, and after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. So as we worship together and as we listen together to the word of God this morning, I want us to do so with the confidence, the full confidence that a guarded tomb was then empty And there were hundreds of witnesses who gave testimony to the fact that they, with their own eyes, saw the risen Lord Jesus. So we don't have to be ashamed of it. We don't have to wonder if it really happened. We can say with absolute certainty, he is risen from the dead. So we rejoice in that this morning. I want us to very specifically look together at one of the appearances that Jesus had with his disciples. So if you have a Bible with you, would you turn with me to John chapter 21? Last chapter in the Gospel of John. If it's on a phone, that's no problem. Just open up to John 21, please. We're going to look at one of these appearances that 1 Corinthians 15 talks about. As you turn there, here's the setting of John 21. This is not the first appearance of Jesus to his disciples. In fact, he has appeared to Peter already multiple times, but it's in a different location. It's more than a week since he had first appeared to them, and they're no longer down around Jerusalem, but they're up now near the disciples' hometown along the Sea of Galilee. And because they are at home, they're doing what they were prior to following Jesus. They were fishing because Peter was by occupation before he followed Jesus, he was a fisherman. And so he is out fishing and it says that they were fished all night and did not catch anything, which is horrible. How many of you have fished all day and not caught anything? All right. I'm sure there's more of you, but very few fishermen tell the truth. So they fished all night and they had the dreaded question walking along the shore. A guy calls out to them and says, children, You haven't caught anything, have you? And they have to say, no. So they yell back, no. And he says to them, almost like you would think, is he being a smart like? He says, you need to cast on the right side. Because obviously they had been casting on the wrong side. They weren't catching anything. He says, cast on the right side. And they literally, they cast, it says, their nets on the right side. And immediately they become so full that the people in the boat, the men who were fishermen professionally, could not pull it in. In that moment, here's what happens. Verse 7. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, who is the apostle John, he says to Peter, Peter, it's the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. Now Paul's there. Is that not weird? Yes? That's weird on multiple levels. Uh, The weirdest part for many of you is 
he put his garments on and then jumped in. That's not normally what we do. But any fisherman here especially know, now that's really weird because when you're catching fish, the last thing you do is leave. That's when you stay. But Peter has fished all night and then he gets a net full and he jumps in and abandons ship. And you go, that's just weird. Now some of you are thinking, well, it's because the man on the shore was the resurrected Jesus, which it was. But did you hear me say just a moment ago, he had already had multiple conversations with the resurrected Jesus. So this was not a Jesus is alive, jump in. He already knew it. He had talked to him multiple times. So what is happening here? Well, here's what I want you to know. It is no doubt weird, but it is far from random. I want you to stay in John 21, but I'm going to show you why he jumps in by showing us Matthew chapter 4. See, prior, years prior, here's what had happened in Matthew 4. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, same place, John 21, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, so same guy, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So they're the same place a couple years earlier. And here's what happens. Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, this one doesn't seem as weird unless you go, a guy walks up to him and says, follow me and they do that. That's weird, is it not? See, that's what I thought. You're like, I don't know. So this afternoon, big Easter dinner, after an hour of snoozing, you get up and think, I got to do something. Pretty day, pull out the hose, start washing your car. This afternoon, you're washing your car. And this guy walks down the street and he stops and he says, come and follow me and I'll make you a washer of many cars. And you drop your hose and follow him. And I was that weird? Uh, some of you are weird if you don't think that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. I was like, that wouldn't happen. But see, John 21 only makes sense because Matthew 4 tells us that Jesus had been here with these guys as fishermen before. And Peter had followed him then, but... Did he really just out of the blue start following a complete stranger? No. John 4 only makes sense, actually, excuse me, Matthew 4 only makes sense because of John 1. (laughs) Because John 1 says this, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now, let me give you context. The John here is John the Baptist. Peter's brother, Andrew, hears John the Baptist preaching about Jesus. So he found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah. Translated means Christ. In other words, we have found the guy who is our Messiah, the one whom God has sent to bring salvation to his people. We found him. So he brought Peter, his brother, to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, 
the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. You see, I am leading you through a journey. And a guy after first hour said, it seemed like we started right in the middle. We did. And then we went back to earlier to the beginning in Matthew 4. And then we took another step back to the very beginning in John chapter 1. Because you only understand John 21 if you understand John 1. Because Peter's spiritual journey, like every person's spiritual journey, has to have a starting point, a beginning. There was a day when Peter, as a young man, had literally never heard of Jesus of Nazareth. And then his brother one day showed up and said, hey, I found him. And he claimed that this Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. And Peter that day had a decision to make. Do I believe him or don't I believe him? Do I think he is who he says he is or don't I, or do I not think he is? It is the beginning of the journey. And so because this, we jumped in in the middle, uh, we're going to start the message memo. If you like to take notes, we're actually going to start it at the bottom right where the beginning, the line begins, where the journey begins, where it says there, John 1, because the journey begins with Peter making a decision. And that decision, not a decision of, it should say a decision to, a decision to get to know Jesus. This is important for us because we kind of think about Bible characters and we disconnect them from real life. But you understand, the guy who followed Jesus didn't always follow him. There was a a point in his life where he didn't know anything about him. And then he heard about him and he thought, I'm going to get to know him. And here's how. He actually took a road trip with him. He went down to Jerusalem with Jesus to celebrate Passover. And there... After a few days in Jerusalem, then they traveled back north, back to where their home was, Jesus in Nazareth, Peter in Capernaum. Along this way, which would have been at least more than a week's trip, Peter got to know the claims of Jesus. He heard him preach. He heard him say that a man must be born again. He heard him declare that that forgiveness could only be found in him. So he he heard the claims that Jesus made as he got to know him. But here's what happened. They came back north. Jesus went home to Nazareth. And Peter goes home to Capernaum. And guess what he does? He goes fishing. Because that's what he is. He's a fisherman. And now this will make sense to you. After having done a road trip with Jesus and getting to know him, one day, not a complete stranger, but a person that he knew and had heard from and gotten to understand, that person came walking along to Peter along the Sea of Galilee while he was washing his nets, Matthew 4, and said, come and follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. And in that moment, Peter drops his net and follows him. You see how that works together? He didn't just show up as a complete stranger, come and follow me. He already 
had gotten to know Jesus. And then number two on your journey is Peter then made a decision to believe in and follow Jesus. That's demonstrated in Matthew 4. So he started by getting to know him. And then there was a moment in time where he believed in Jesus. We know he believed in him because in that moment, it says he left his nets and he followed him. He, he gave up what he had been trusting in and what he had been living for. And he chose to live for Jesus. Now, here's why I want to share that with all of you because every single one of us is whether we know it or not there's not weird random things happening in our life God is always providentially working in our lives to bring us into relationship with him and it begins with a get to know him but then there is a moment where you go I've heard his claims do I believe in him yes or no do I drop my nets and follow him or do I just keep doing what I've done Peter believed in him it's the way it happens today I want you to hear a story of just a few weeks ago a gal in Jacksonville named Anastasia who gets introduced to Jesus and then comes to that decision point of do I believe in him? Will I follow him? Listen to her story here. Hi, I'm Anastasia Real, and I'm in the United States Navy. So I bought a new vehicle in January, and then I went out to sea in February. So after being gone a whole month, I came back, and I noticed something was flapping in the windshield wiper. So I pull over and it's a note and it's basically saying like, hey, I backed into your truck on Saturday and I'm really sorry. I contact them and they're like, oh yeah, I live in the same apartment building as you, so just come over. So I go over to their house and that's how I met Allison Monk. A couple days later, it was just kind of on my heart to reach out and just like again say thank you for like sorry this was so inconvenient for you guys but thank you for being honest so her family invited me over for dinner um, before Christ basically I was doing whatever I wanted to do I thought of myself as a pretty good person you know I did nice things I volunteered but and you know, went to church twice a year, Easter, Christmas. Um, but basically I was um, missing something and I wasn't sh quite sure what it was. Um, I felt very alone, very sad, depressed, like, because I just knew I was missing something in my life. I came over and had dinner with her and her husband and their children and we just kind of started talking and they realized like I had questions about you know my faith and that's when they invited me to go to church with them so that next Sunday I ended up going to church with them once I went to the service um, I was kind of sitting there just listening I really liked the message Pastor Doug was giving 
and he started talking about the first Thessalonians and how they had turned from idols in their life to uh, to Christ, basically, like that was the message given to them. And he turns to all of us and he asks, do any of you feel this way? Like, are you ready to turn from your idols or the things you believed in to turning to Jesus? And it was like, it was like my moment where I finally understood what Jesus was, like what he stood for. And I can't believe I never got that before, but it was like, oh my goodness, like this is what it's, this is what it's all about right here. Basically, uh, I just felt like an immense joy <clears throat> that was just like indescribable. Like I've never felt like my heart be so comforted, you know, before. Like it was everything I'd ever been searching for and missing. It was that like love and joy from God himself. So now I realize like that joy basically was from turning or came from turning to Jesus. Today I want to be baptized because I want to publicly proclaim my joy, my love for Christ and my new faith. So that baptism happened during our 8 o'clock service this morning. Uh, a reminder that she knew she was searching. She knew she was missing. She heard about Jesus. She listened to the claims of Jesus. But then she had a, a decision to believe in. So we're always on a journey. She made a profession uh, of her faith that morning and then was baptized this morning. You're on a journey. Some of you are, might be able to, as you listen to her, go, yeah, I have that sense of I am missing something in life that seems like there should be. And I want you to hear the claim of Jesus is very simple that you cannot find eternal life and abundant life apart from a relationship with him. Please hear me this morning. You were made for relationship with God. And he has given his life on your behalf so that you might have that relationship. Those are his claims. That if you will believe in him, you will be born again. You will become a new person in Christ. Peter heard it. And then one day Jesus said, are you going to believe it and follow me or keep fishing? And he believed it and he joined Jesus. Anastasia heard it and she believed it and she's following Jesus. Invitation to you. Would you hear it and not just hear it, not just know it, but believe it this morning to trust in Jesus to be your Savior. So if you'll trust in him, then all of your problems in life will go away and life will be perfect. <laughs> now, everything I've said has been true except to that last sentence right there. That is not true. 
Can I have your eyes for a moment? Every person, Anastasia, myself, Peter, when you choose to follow Jesus, then there are many decisions to follow that follow Jesus in going, will I trust him? Will I believe him? Will I submit to him now in relationship with him? Here's how that plays out in Peter's life. In the early morning, this was after Jesus had dropped his nets and followed him. Months after that. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you. (laughs) He said to them, Let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that's why I came. That is what I came for. So we have this moment of disagreement. Jesus is actually in Peter's hometown and and Peter's going, hey, people are looking for you. People need you. And Jesus is going, no, I've just been with the father and he wants me to go elsewhere. And Peter says, no, they need you here. You know what happens? Very important. Next verse. And he, not they, and he went into the synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out the demons. So Jesus said, this is what I need to do and what I'm going to do. And he goes and does it. And Peter rebels and says, no, I'm not going. And he doesn't go. He doesn't. Just like for many of you who have chosen to believe in and follow Jesus, his word has called you to do something in a relationship, called you to do something with your time or with your resources. And you've gone, no, I don't want to do that. And you have rebelled against him. This is what happens, happens with, with Peter. He hears and he learns Jesus and then he believes in him. But life isn't perfect after that. He then, this is as the journey continues along where it says Mark 1 on your message memo, where Peter rebels against Jesus. He resists his authority. And because he rebels and Jesus goes on without him, you know what Peter starts doing again? Where does he go? He goes, he goes fishing. And so Jesus goes around to other villages in town just like he said he was going to do. And then he works his way back to where Peter is fishing. And they have another encounter in Luke chapter 5. It says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God... He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. That's the Sea of Galilee. This is where Peter lives. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. So Peter's on the shore washing his nets. Sound familiar? And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon. So Jesus, whom Peter had been following, but had stopped following by rebelling against him. Now Jesus shows up and says, hey, Peter, can I use your boat? Simon agrees. He gets in the boat. They go offshore a little bit. And Peter, excuse me, and Jesus sits down in the boat and begins to teach the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus telling Peter what he wants him to do. See, they had departed when Jesus had told Peter what he wanted him to do, and Peter said what? No, I'm going to do my own thing. I want to live my own life. I want to make my own decisions. And Simon said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. Sound familiar? See, John 21 should start to make sense because this is now years prior to John 20. We did this before. We caught all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say. That's a new one. This is Peter doing what he didn't do in Mark 1. I'll do as you say and let down the nets. Watch happens. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. This is like a fisherman's dream. (laughs) But when Simon Peter saw that he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, go away from me for I am what? I'm a sinful man. What's he talking about? I mean, literally falls down in the boat and he's like, I'm a fool. You told me what you wanted me to do in my life and I've done my own thing and I went my own way and I demanded my own way and I stopped following you and I'm a fool. I don't even deserve to be around you. I had my chance and I blew it. See, I, though I don't know your particular journey, I know that lots of us in here would say, we believed in Jesus, we followed Jesus, and then at a crossroads in life, we went, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to choose my own way. And I don't think it's an accident that you are here this morning. It's not random. It's Jesus saying to you, come back. Because he doesn't say, Peter, yeah, you're right. You were a fool. Get out of here. You You missed your chance. What he says to Peter is, don't fear. From now on, you'll be catching men. In other words, what? What's he saying to him? Come on, follow me again. Yeah, you did blow it. Yeah, you did make a mistake. Yeah, you shouldn't have followed your own way. But it's not over. Come follow me again. And he does. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. See, this was Luke 5. But you see the significance? This was the very place where Jesus had said to him for the first time, come and follow me. And Peter did. And Jesus brings him back to that same spot after he had gone his own way and demanded his own way and says, come and follow me again. And in that defining moment, in Luke 5, that journey continues. Peter makes a decision to confess and to follow Jesus again. And he does so now for a couple years He follows Jesus until Luke 22, where it says, having arrested him, 
they led him, the him here is Jesus, they led Jesus away and brought him to the house of the high priest, but Peter was still following, but now he's following, well, how? At a distance. It, just put yourself in the story. Jesus has been arrested, now he's on trial. Peter has said, I'm gonna leave everything and follow you. Once I blew it, uh, but I'm gonna follow, but he's following at a distance. Why is he at a distance? Because he's chicken, because he's afraid. Because he's thinking, what if happens to me is what, what's happening to Jesus happens to me. He's afraid. <laughs> and after they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. And a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently, said, you've done this. You've looked at a person. You look and you think, I know you, I know you. And then you finally went, do I know you? The woman looks and looks and looks. And finally she says, this man was with him too. This man was a follower of Jesus too. And Jesus, Peter, who had been following from a distance because he was afraid, he gets called out in front of everybody. Hey, he is a follower. And he goes, woman, I don't know him. True or false? Yeah, that's a big fat lie. Now we all understand. He's He's afraid. Woman, I don't know him. That's, you do know him. You had followed him and then stopped following him and then started following again. A little later, another saw him and said, you are one of them too. But Peter said, man, I am not. And by, after about an hour had passed, another man began to insist saying, certainly this man also was with him. He is a Galilean too. Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed, just randomly. No. See, there's never random things. Because the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him. It wasn't hard to remember. It just had been a couple hours earlier. A couple hours earlier, Jesus had literally said to Peter, before a rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times. And you know what Peter had said? I won't. And then the woman said, he's one of them. I'm not. He did the very thing that he said he wouldn't, but Jesus said he would. And it resulted in what? He went out and wept bitterly. See, he didn't know this guy, and then he got to know him, and then he believed in him, and he followed him. And then he was like, now I want to live my own life. And then he confessed that foolishness and, and came back and followed him again. And then following him got a little risky and got dangerous, and he got scared, and he shrunk back. And this next step in his journey, according to Luke 22, is he denies Jesus in fear. Just like many of us, right? Who are following Jesus, but then following him, it might cost us something. It might cost us a relationship. It gets a little scary and we shrink back and we don't speak up or we deny So Peter goes out and weeps bitterly. 
And guess where he goes? Where does he go? He goes fishing. See, after his denial, he goes back home to see a Galilee and Capernaum. In John 21, where we started, now we come back. Because we started here, now we've traced the journey to why this makes sense, why John 21 makes sense. He's now here, having denied Jesus, and he says, verse 3, I'm going fishing. And what do his buddies who had followed Jesus but also had stopped in fear say? I'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, and they, at night they caught nothing. And then this guy comes along the shore, and he calls out to him, Children! You haven't called anything, have you? The dreaded question. And what do they say? No, we haven't. So Jesus says, hey, cast on the right side because obviously they've been casting on the... Yeah, you're going, we just did this. Yeah, that's exactly right. My, My point is this. This is not a random moment and it's not weird that Peter jumped in. Because when they threw the net on the other side, And it was so full of fish that John went, it's the Lord. It's Jesus. Peter puts his outer garment and throws himself into the sea. And now we all go, that's not weird. We understand. Because what has Jesus done? He has taken Peter back to that place where he had first said, Peter, do you believe in me? Follow me. And Peter dropped his nets and he followed him. And he took him to that same place where he had brought Peter back again after he had rebelled and gone his own way and said, hey, Peter, follow me. Don't fear. I'll make you a fisherman. And Peter had for a second time dropped his nets and followed him. And now he has failed again, this time not in rebellion, but this time in fear. And what's Jesus do? He brings him back to that exact same place. And he says to him, what? What's he say to him? Verse 15. They'd finished breakfast and Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Which is kind of a strange question because you're like, well, these what? Is he talking about the fish? Is he talking about the other disciples? Guess what? It doesn't matter. Because ultimately he's saying, do you love me more than anything else in life? Which I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but some of you might want to ask yourself that question. Do I love Jesus more than any of these? And whatever these are. This stuff, this house, your job, your reputation, your family, your relationship. Do you love him more than this? Do you love me more than these? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I And it says in English that I love you. But if you look at it in the original language Greek, it's interesting. He uses a different word than Jesus does. Jesus said, do you love me? me?" And he goes, uh, we're buds. He uses a different word for friendship. Jesus says, tend my lambs. Said to him a second time, Simon, do you love me? Do you agape me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I like you like a brother. 
See, he can't say the word that Jesus used for him. Jesus says, shepherd my sheep. So he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Like agape, like lay your life down for me. (laughs) Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time. Now, I don't think this is hard to figure out. Why is he grieved? Because he's like, wow, this is just like, I know him. No, I don't. You do. I will not. You did follow him. I do not. It's like he's taking him back through all three denials and asking him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And and watch. And Peter can't say, yeah, I'll lay down my life for you because he had said that once and didn't. So actually, Peter's a lot more honest this time. For the third time, he goes, Jesus, you know everything. You know I'm a chicken. You know I said I'd do it and then I didn't do it. But we're buds. I find it fascinating that all three times, even though Peter won't make the bold statement, yeah, I'll lay down my life for you, that Jesus says to him, you haven't been disqualified. I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to shepherd my sheep. I want you to use your life to do what I've used my life to do. I want you to use your life for making disciples, for declaring to others the love that I have for them in Jesus. I want you to, I want to, watch this, I want to pass the baton to you. See, Jesus knew he was going to ascend to heaven. He wants to give Peter the baton. And he says, here it is. Here's what I want you to do. It's a new decision in his spiritual journey. It's a decision to acknowledge his weakness and acknowledge his fear, but to decide, I will be a disciple maker like Jesus. This is a new decision. It's one that makes sense, but it's been all part of a journey. It started with, I'm going to get to know him, to I believe in him, to I've been a fool and I want to follow again, to I'm not perfect. And I have a lot of fears. But I will give my life to being a disciple maker. Now watch what happens. Can I have your eyes? Jesus says, "Uh, Peter, they're going to lay you out for doing it. In other words, you're going to die. You're going to be killed for this decision to be a disciple maker. And about that time, his buddy John walks by. Peter looks over his shoulder and goes, what about him? Is he going to die? Is he going to get laid out? Jesus said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? Listen to these three words. You follow me. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about his future. Don't worry about how I'm going to use him. Uh, Three words. You follow me. See, I I want us to hear those three words very specifically. You follow me. Because it's easy to show up to church and listen for somebody else. And to think, man, I hope they're listening. Are they getting it? Oh. (laughs) Ever done that? Here's what Jesus says to you. Stop it. 
you follow me. You. You follow me. You follow me. You follow me. You follow me. Now some of you are going, oh, don't look at him. He's going to point at me. (laughs) You follow me. And the power of that is this is the third time Jesus has said. And each time it's meant something uniquely different. You believe in me and follow me. And Peter did. Second time. You follow me. Again. And Peter confessed his sin and followed again. And this time, you and all your chickenness (laughs) follow me and be a disciple maker. So, what's the Lord not saying to your spouse or to your kids or to your neighbor. What's he saying to you? Because I am absolutely certain of this. You are not here randomly or by accident. That you saw a sign, you got an invitation, you decided for whatever reason, I don't normally come to church or I do normally come to church, but I'm gonna come here. That you by God's providence are here this morning at this church and the word of God is speaking to you and the question to you, not to your neighbor, is... You follow me. That might mean he may be saying to you, I know you're searching, get to know me. Or it may mean you know about me. It's time to decide to follow me, to believe in me, to not be this guy who holds a gun and goes, aim, aim, aim. Aim, getting to know, getting to know, still getting to know, still trying to get to know, no, 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 no. It's the guy who dates for 17 years and can't pull the trigger. Some people do that with Jesus. I just need to know, I just need to know. You know what? He's coming to you saying, going, drop your nets and follow me. Or it may be, you know, I followed him and And then you went back to living your own life and doing your own thing and demanding your way. You rebelled against him. And he's saying to you, confess your rebellion and and come follow me again. That may be why you're here. An invitation, not for Jesus to whack you, but to invite you to follow again. Or for many of you who are here week in, week out, it may be, an invitation to you to become a disciple maker, to invest your life in helping others find life in him. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying change your occupation. It's change what you're living for. Very few people do for a job what they're living for. They just go to their job so that they can do what they really want to live for whether it's for the weekend, for a sport, or for a hobby, or for a relationship, or for a future, or for a possession. I just do my job. And I'm not saying, hey, y'all need to quit your job and become disciple makers. I'm saying, whatever you do for a living, Jesus is saying to you, I want you to follow me and to invest your life in being a disciple maker. Some of you have been following for a long time, but that whole idea of laying down your life 
for the sake of others following Jesus, you've been chicken and stepped away from it, just like Peter got chicken. You're afraid of the cost. You're afraid of the implications. You're afraid of how you will be perceived. And Jesus is saying to you, you follow me, you become a disciple maker. Invest your life in others finding life in Jesus. See, when the word of God speaks, we've looked at a lot of it this morning. It's an invitation to follow. So what's he saying to you? Forget everybody else around you, you. Do you know? Do you know what he's saying to you? I want to invite you, if you would, simply that we would help you. In front of you is a card. It's in the seat back. It says, my spiritual journey. It's this size. Would you grab one? I just want you to, to at least look at it. You can decide whether then you want to say, yeah, I think the Lord is making a decision for me. If you're in a second row, can you share with the people in the front row? If you would grab one, it simply says, my spiritual journey on it. So I believe with all my heart that, that the Lord brought you here to speak to you, not for you to check a box of doing a holiday service. What is he calling you? To begin to find out about him or to make a decision today like Anastasia did, to, to believe in him, to turn what you've been living for and to believe in him. Or that third line, to say, I have been following Jesus. I've done my own deal. And I'm paying the price for it. And I hear Jesus saying, come back. Follow me again. Or that fourth line. There's a lot of people who are following Jesus at a distance. Not making disciples. It's really what we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. I invite you to come back of what it means to live a life that multiplies. And that may be what the Lord is saying to you today. So whatever he's saying to you, if you would check a box and just give your name and your preferred contact, we'd love to help you on your spiritual journey. The great news is this. God loves you and he demonstrated in sending his son to die for you, but not only to die for you, but to be raised from the dead so that you in your walk with Jesus would have resurrection power. You, not just Jesus, you would have resurrection power to live out what he's calling you to do in following him. So would you stand with me and let's declare that together that we have because of the spirit of God in us we have resurrection power now I have resurrection power it only is that Jesus you have given us freedom no longer bound by sin and darkness 
Father, we thank you that you love us and you have demonstrated that in Jesus. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, opening the eyes of the blind and convincing those who are searching that they might believe and be born again. For those who have trusted in you, I pray that there would be a submitting to you, returning to you whenever there is rebellion. And then, Lord, a whole new group of men and women here at Christian Family Chapel at this church who would say, I will lay my life down for the sake of making disciples. Lord Jesus, you are the head of our church. You are the one who are inviting us to follow you in each step of the journey. I pray that you would have our ears and our hearts, that you would be glorified as we say yes to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your spirit that gives us all we need for life and for godliness. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. God bless and have a great Easter.